0: Thank you. Hello everyone and welcome to today's service on behalf of the Worship lay Leaders team. It's the fourth Sunday after Trinity and the theme for today's service is faith and healing. So to begin our service, the Lord is here, his spirit is with us. And now we'll say our prayer of penitence. Heavenly Father, we have sinned in thought, word and deed and to fail to do what we ought to have done. We are sorry and truly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and lead us in his way to walk as children of light. Amen. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Thank you.
1: The reading is taken from Psalm 30. I will exalt you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not allowed my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cry to you for help and you help me. O Lord, you pulled me up from the shoal, you spared me from descending into the pit. Sing to the Lord. O you his saints, and praise his holy name, for his anger is fleeting, but his favour lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay the night, but joy comes in the morning. In prosperity, I said, I will never be shaken. O Lord, you favoured me, you made my mountain stand strong when you hid your face. I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I called and I begged my Lord for mercy. What gain is there in my bloodshed, in my descending into the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear me, O Lord, and have mercy, O Lord, be my helper, You turned my mourning into dancing. You peeled off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. That my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: The Gospel reading is taken from St Mark. Chapter 5, verses 21 to 43. When Jesus had again crossed by boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him beside the sea. A synagogue leader named Jarius arrived, and seeing Jesus, he fell to his feet and pleaded with him. Asking urgently, my little daughter is near death, please come and place your hands on her, so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him, and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had suffered from bleeding for twelve years. She had borne much agony under the care of many physicians, and had spent all she had, but to no avail. Her condition had only grown worse. When the woman heard about Jesus, she came up through the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she kept saying, if only I touch his garments, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she sensed in her body that she was healed of her affliction. At once, Jesus was aware that power had gone out from him. Turning to the crowd, he asked, who touched my garments? The disciples answered, you can see the crowd pressing in on you. And yet you ask, who touched me? But he kept looking around to see who had done this. And the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him, trembling in fear, and told him the whole truth. Daughter, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your affliction. While he was still speaking, messengers from the house of Jairus arrived and said, Your daughter is dead, why bother the teacher any more? But Jesus overheard their conversation and said to Jairus, Do not be afraid, just believe. And he did not allow anyone to accompany him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. When they arrived at the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw the commotion and the people weeping and wailing loudly. He went inside and asked, Why all of this commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep, and they laughed at him. After he had put them all outside, he took the child's father and mother and his own companions and went to see the child. Taking her by the hand, Jesus said, Talitha Coam, which means, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl got up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old, and they were utterly astounded. When Jesus gave strict orders that no one should know about this, and he told them to give her something to eat,
3: texts
4: we heard this morning were Psalm 30 and Mark's account of the healing of Jairus' daughter and the woman touching Jesus' robe. Both are about faith and healing, our theme for today. Psalm 30 paints the picture of God transforming sadness into joy, even death into life. Suffering happens in life, perhaps for no good or clear reason, but it is not an indication of long term and eternal abandonment by God. The nature of the petitions made make it suitable for anyone experiencing or emerging from some kind of trial or testing time, even one that approached death. It demonstrates that what God did on Easter Sunday was extraordinarily unparalleled in power and eternal meaning, the resurrection of Jesus. And it's entirely in line with God's well established liking for transforming weeping into joy, darkness into light, and even death into life. The story Mark tells us places one tale inside another, a bit like a sandwich. The outer story is about Jairus, a president of the local synagogue and particularly his 12-year-old daughter. The inner story is about a much older woman who has suffered internal bleeding for 12 years. And both stories are about fear and faith, and ultimately about how it turned to healing. The power of Jesus to take people from one to another. Imagine you're in the crowd watching it all happening, perhaps identifying with the characters at the centre of the drama, we might identify with Jairus, the synagogue president. When Jesus moved to Capernaum, he couldn't have been an easy person to have in the village congregation. Local experts in the Jewish law were upset at some of the things he was doing, worried that King Herod would get to hear of the Kingdom of God movement. At best Jairus would have wanted to keep a safe distance then disaster struck his daughter gets ill and she is very sick seemingly about to die We can imagine the scene without being sentimental The agonized household, the distraught father, hope slipping away Then word arrives that the strange teacher has just come back across the lake and Jairus pockets his pride. He forgets his fears. Why worry about religious controversy or political danger when your daughter's dying? He rushes off to Jesus, throwing himself down at his feet. A bit undignified, there'll be whispers about him in the next meeting at the synagogue on the Sabbath. He gasps out his request and Jesus goes with him, the eager crowd of course in tow. Mark breaks off now the story of the older woman unfolds, keeping us in suspense as we wait to find out what happens to Jairus' daughter. And we can imagine Jairus hopping from one foot to another while the conversation takes place. This provides depth and extra meaning, and you could imagine this as a film set, the camera zooming in on one person's face and then on another's. This is quite a dramatic little episode. Jesus is on his way to the house where we we suspect he'll find a dead body. Still imagining yourself as a Jewish bystander, you have thoughts of sorrow mingled with the threat of impurity. Contact with a dead body was according to Jewish law, one of the chief sources of impurity. Now he meets the woman suffering with chronic internal bleeding, yet another source of impurity to the Jewish law, especially regarding women. He can see how the consequences of this have affected the poor woman. We can all imagine her family and how social life was affected. We realise why she was afraid to be discovered after a healing and why she had not openly requested it. The remarkable thing about the story is that Jesus knew at once that power had gone out of him. This and the funny little exchange with the disciples after, as Tom Wright, the theologian, says, it was something, it was like someone asking, who touched me in a rugby scrum? It's a sign that it was noticed by an eyewitness, Peter's account recorded by Mark. Healing by touch, especially when the healer wasn't expecting it, is strange to say the least. But they highlight the nature of the contact between the individual and Jesus. This is what Mark wants us to think about. Sometimes in life, with all its pressures, there is still room for us to keep up, creep up behind Jesus. If that's all we feel we can do, and reach out and touch him in an odd mixture of fear and faith that is characterized in Christian discipleship. Was it Jesus's power that rescued the woman, or our own faith? Clearly, it was Jesus's power, but he says, your faith has rescued you. Faith, though itself powerless, is a channel through which Jesus's power can work. He's not a magician doing tricks by some secret power. He is, though the onlookers don't yet realise this, God's son, remaking humans and the world and faith. And trembling many may, ac- and trembling may accompany it, but it's the first sign of that remaking, that renewal, that new life. Right on cue, as the suspense heightens, just like on a film set, messengers come to tell Jairus, that his daughter is dead. He shouldn't bother Jesus anymore. Jesus, however, tells him not to be afraid and just to believe. Jairus, numb with grief and horror as he must have been, may also have discovered a spark of faith which enabled him to walk with Jesus to his own front door. Many cultures had rituals um, on on this day, where the grieving processes begin. Professional mourners would weep and wail so family members could give vent to their feelings without restraint. Jesus, however, is having none of it. He kept the at bay, taking his three closest followers, Peter, James and John, and they go into the house. Jesus says to the girl, girl is not dead but only asleep the people laughed at him just as they laughed at his followers from that day to this but jesus got on with what he had to be had to be done the crowd left behind only six people go to the room where the girl is jesus reaches out his hand telling her to get up she does and walks around jesus says give us something to eat And this again shows the eyewitness touch. It was written by someone who felt these details important. Simple, homely and real. This story from Mark shows the life-giving power of God breaking into and working through the ordinary details of life, as he does today. Jesus didn't come to be a one-man revolutionary or an emergency medical centre. These events were signs of the real revolution, the real healing that God, in Jesus, was to accomplish through his death and resurrection. He tells them not to tell anyone. What he's doing and saying is dangerous and subversive. If the authorities got to hear of it, they would try to stifle it. It's all part of the bigger picture including politics, if you think of Herod and the Jewish lawmakers. Behind these intense, intimate human dramas about Jairus and his daughter and the woman touching Jesus' robe, there is a larger, darker theme. Mark is showing that Jesus confronts evil at its heart, meeting death itself, which threatens God's beautiful creation, and defeats it in an unexpected way with these two healings. In our own lives, confronted with the darkness of despair and fear, and seemingly no way out of it, if we, like Jairus, Jairus, who falls to his knees, and the woman secretly touching Jesus' robe, if we reach out to Jesus, then that spiritual guidance which leads to the healing process will come, helping us to cope again. This time, though, there will be no
3: command for silence. Amen.
5: Let us pray. Lord God, we come now and we remember that you are Creator God's, and we worship you that you are a God who is in control of everything, ultimately. Nothing takes you by surprise. Lord, you know our past, you know our present, and you know what's coming in our future. You know all our high points, our joyful points, and our low, really difficult points. And Lord, we praise you that because of your Holy Spirit, we are never alone. Whether we're aware of you being with us or not, you are with us. You are our healer God. And we're not just speaking physical healing. Lord, you heal our physical illness, our emotional suffering. You get involved in our circumstances. You are a healer over our relations with other people. And you bring us spiritual healing. Lord God, we just thank you that that's part of your character, and ultimately you you mend our relationship with you. Lord, we just come now and we confess that at times we have a really simplistic view of healing, where actually we want you just to heal us, and that's that's our primary prayer. Is that what, whatever we're suffering, we, we don't want to suffer anymore, and of course. That's natural and normal, and we know you love us, and it pains you when we're suffering. But Lord God, we forget the blessings that can come and other healings that can happen in different ways, because you know us better than we know ourselves. Lord, we forget sometimes that suffering can sharpen our faith, sharpen our experience of you and your transforming love in our lives. And there are so many examples of people who've experienced that in the Bible. Joseph, who was abandoned by his family. Hannah, who longed for a child. The lady who suffered for 12 years and didn't get anywhere with it. Jairus and his daughter. Lord God, I thank you that you always offer healing in some shape or form, even if it doesn't look like how we imagine or want it to do at the time. And we thank you, Lord God, for all those who've been before us, bible characters and those we know in our own lives who've demonstrated this who have been through tough times but have trusted you and have encountered you more intimately and praised you from their hearts as they struggle and suffer putting their faith in you ultimately for whatever the outcome will be and god we thank you that we can experience this ourselves and for our own experiences of this and for the compassion and healing love of you that we have known personally when we embrace you in our suffering, when we have faith in you despite our suffering. And we thank you, God, for your character, that we love a God whose righteous anger lasts only a moment, yet your love lasts longer than our lifetime. Whether we continue to suffer, experience specific, wanted healing, or we live in the reality of both these things, we are surrounded by your love. We cannot escape it. And thank you that you've got authority to heal acute and chronic conditions as sin with the the lady who bled for 12 years and for the acute um, death of Jairus' daughter. You are God, and illness and death in whatever form answer to you alone. Lord God, please help us to open our eyes more to your healing hand at work in our lives and in other people's lives. Help us to turn to you to expect you to be involved in everyday healing today. Thank you that through the Holy Spirit in us, we can be your vessel for bringing your healing to others through our prayers to you. Help us to encourage one another in the ways that Jesus brings physical, spiritual, emotional, relational, circumstantial healing. And may, as we share our individual experiences, be encouraged and grow in our faith and in our knowledge of you. Lord, this morning we pray for all those who are like the bleeding woman in the story today, who have suffered for a long, long time without seeing healing that they long for, through no fault of their own, whose friends probably have forgotten to ask, and don't realise the impact of that lady's suffering. Lord, we pray for those people that we know and don't know, Lord, would you help them to see Jesus and seek him out in their circumstances, just like that lady. And Lord God, would you help them to be healed as Jesus knows exactly what they need. And would they experience his deep, lifelong love for Him, for them as well. And we pray for those currently who are facing their own deaths. And we thank you that that such a day is in your control too. You're aware of it. Lord, please help them to be comforted and encouraged in the knowledge and experience and faith that Jesus has beaten death and decay once and for all, and that the ultimate healing on offer to each one of us is the reality that's available readily to all of us for eternity, a future life with Jesus more wonderful, affirming and satisfying than the best moments we've ever known on earth. Thank you Jesus that our faith and our ultimate holistic eternal healing is not a fanciful wish or flimsy hope but rooted in the evidence and power of our Lord Jesus Christ and his healing hand. We love you Jesus for how much you love us. Amen.
0: for today the fourth Sunday after Trinity (coughs) let us pray O God the protector of all who trust in you without whom nothing is strong nothing is holy increase and multiply upon us your mercy that with you as our ruler and guide we may so pass through things temporal that we finally lose not the things eternal Grant this, Heavenly Father, for our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And we'll say together the prayer that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thine will be done. Do you believe and trust in God the Father, the creator of all? I believe and trust in God the Father. Do you believe in his son, Jesus Christ, the saviour of the world? I believe and trust in God the Son. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life? I believe and trust in God the Holy Spirit. This is the faith of the church. This is our faith. We believe and trust in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Eternal God, comfort of the afflicted and healer of the broken, teach us the ways of gentleness and peace that all the world may acknowledge the kingdom of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. (laughs)